everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Welcome to RP3 and Company. You are listening to the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I'm your big, bald, and beautiful host, Raymond Parch III. Of course, I'm joined here in the game studios by the producer extraordinaire, the soon to be wife extraordinaire, and third on that list. Hiccup extraordinaire. <laughs> Miss Hannah, five names. Good, Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. I almost hiccup, so I had to hold on. <laughs> <laughs> How'd the bowling go last night? It was league night for five names. You needed to get four points. That was the goal. Yes. That's what you said. And now when we texted earlier in the night, you already had accomplished two of those. Some of those points courtesy of you by stepping up in a big way. How did the team do? We got all four points. Oh, there it is. It came down to Kenneth having to put out three strikes in the 10th frame for us to win by two points. Your soon-to-be hubby had to get a turkey in the 10th frame? Yep. He only, and it's kind of sucked because he uh, got a spare in the second frame and struck the rest of the way. So that second frame is killing him because he struck the first and then the third throw all the way to the 10th. Has he never had a perfect game? He's had 13. That would have made 14. You you realize how many people out there don't even bowl over 200, yeah. much less get a perfect game? And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, oh, he's never had one. That's what he's beating himself up over. No, no. He's had yeah. already 13 of them. Tell your fiance, don't be greedy. Well... Don't be greedy. He's only ever – I've only seen him throw one – no, I've seen him throw two 300 games, and that's because we were playing a no-tap league. So his, you know, his iPad no-tap, his spares were already striked. So he's gotten two 300s that I've seen, but not like real 300s that were actually striked. So what you're saying is that you're bad luck? No. Five years in, we'll, we'll find one someday. I mean, I've watched him throw his last, like, 25, 700s and his 800, which 800 is a lot harder than 300, by the way, guys. You just do, like, a 280, 285, something like that each game just to get an 800. So where does this put you now in the standings? Uh, they probably sent him out, so actually I will look that up for you while you Thank you, because top four, how many teams make the playoffs in your league? <laughs> uh, the four? top team that's, the, like, the number one team in each, like, all, all, so it's only one team yeah. out of your league. Now, the last time we looked at the league standings, you had bumped up to 27? Yes. Out of 32? Yes, we are now... Here we go. Da, da, da. We are in 18th. Late season push. Oh, yeah. 
We're going to get there. We're going to get at least close. Because what happens is every, every like little break we have, because you have four of them, the top team is added to that pool. Well, if you're added to the pool for like the first little like break, then that next one, you aren't able to have it. So if you were in first and you won the first break, you can't be in first the second break. You can't win another roll off. So the second place team gets it. So we need to need all the people that are already have gotten a spot in the roll off to be in the top so that we can like surpass them because they can't be put in twice. I see. So that's the plan. Or don't worry about what everyone else is doing. You just focus on you and what you're doing to improve and go out there and earn your spot into the roll-off. That is the plan. Yes. Yes. Let's get it. Let's go. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) I had to hiccup. It's really hurting. Was that your enthusiasm you displayed last (laughs) night? Because I... Because if that's the case, then your team won in spite of your enthusiasm. No, I was trying really hard, and uh, no, I'm just trying to hold back my hiccups to come up. I'm trying to like I'm trying to like talk lower, hoping to stop it. Because I don't want to hiccup on air; that would suck. I mean, you would all be laughing at me at home. But it's fine. Oh man, we got a great show lined up for you today. Great show lined up for you today. We're gonna talk Pelicans. Get you previewed. For game number two of the Western Conference playoff series between the number eight seed, the New Orleans Pelicans, and the number one seed, the Phoenix Suns. Of course, the Suns took game one. Can the Pelicans even it up out in the desert tonight? We'll talk about that with Ali Cassell, who will join us later on in today's show. Our, our, our guy from the Bird Rights. Jarrett Rozier, the latest when it comes to the world of recruiting and the transfer portal. He'll join us today. And Cole Kelly. Former Turlings Catholic star and Southeastern Louisiana record-setting quarterback. The man that won the Heisman Trophy for the FCS level. He's preparing for the NFL draft. He will join us as well. So we've got three great guests for you today, of course. The game hotline is always open. Who's going to step up and be the game changer of the week? Who's going to step up? And take the crown of Game Changer of the Week phone call. Because the first two weeks, Jamie. Last week, Doug. Who's going to step up and be it this week? Got to raise the bar. Got to raise the bar. Just because you call the hotline doesn't mean you're automatically going to be the game changer. you got to give us something special. We want to hear from you. Game hotline, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. We got a lot to get to. A ton to get to on today's show. We're going to preview Cajuns, Tigers, baseball. That'll be coming up this hour. They're going to be playing at Alex Box Stadium. You can listen to that game live tonight right here on the game. First pitch scheduled for 6.30. Pre-game will begin at 6. Yours truly and Kevin Foote will both be at the game. That's the type of coverage it deserves. When you get the footsie and the RP3 at the same game, boom. That's what's happening. We'll talk about that. We're going to lead off talking a little Houston Astros baseball. How many Astro fans are happy that Jordan Alvarez is back in the lineup? 
<laughs> Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you are so happy that Jordan Alvarez, the former Rookie of the Year, who's missed five games, I do believe, due to COVID protocols. And he came back last night for the home opener for the Strohs. They were rewarded their American League Championship rings prior to the start of the game. There in front of all the home fans, they unveiled the banner for being American League champs. They gave out the rings. It was nice. And then they went out there and clubbed the Angels, who I keep getting told have two generational talents. Yet they keep losing. Eight to three last night. And Jordan Alvarez came in there and said, not to worry, two home runs, including one that went 415 feet. He absolutely just just mashed it. Four RBI performance for Jordan Alvarez. And because he had missed five games because of COVID-19 health and safety protocols. And Dusty Baker didn't even know if he was ready to go. But, man, he sure did look like he was ready to go there in the first Two-run jack that scored Brantley as well. Now, give credit to the Angels. They came back. They tied the game. Right there in the top of the second. Two-run double by Wade. All of a sudden, now it's a tied ball game. And you can just hear the the disgust from Astro fans. But they played it a run in the fourth. Another run in the fourth. Sazi homered in the sixth for the Angels to claw back into the game. But then Alvarez homers again in the seventh. And Brantley brings in a run in the eighth for the 8-3 win. Shohan Otani, who I'm told is the greatest player that has ever played the game of baseball. This is what I've been told. By the way, he was one for three last night. No runs, no RBIs. He's batting a cool 234. A cool 234. Not for sure if that's good. Don't think it is. I'm just going to throw that out there. Altuve was one for four for the Strohs. Drew a walk as well. He's not batting very well. He's 167. Oof, he's in a slump. But he also left this game with an injury. And they're going to check on him. Left hamstring strain. Dusty Baker said afterwards that he's going to be day-to-day. Day-to-day for the former league MVP. But Brantley, still wildly underrated. Two for five last night at the dish. Breggs, two for four. Alvarez, three for five with the three runs scored and the four ribbies. And the Strohs get it done. Proved a 6-4 and four on the season. Game two will be tonight. I would not expect Altuve to go. You don't want to rush someone back from a hammy injury. Mm-mm, I wouldn't. No, 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 no. I don't think he probably will play, I think, until at least this weekend series or maybe even maybe. next week's midweek series. Maybe. Maybe may not even until then. Yeah, it could be a while. So we'll see that. It'll be day-to-day. Look, Altuve is a warrior. Make no, make no mistake about it. He'll try to get out there as soon as he can, but I wouldn't rush him if I was 
the Astros. So Alvarez comes up big, three hits, two home runs, four ribbies in last night's win, his first game back after missing five games due to COVID protocols. But you lose Altuve to a hamstring strain. But you still get the win. And the two teams are going to face off tonight. And, of course, you can catch that on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM. First pitch is set for 7-10. Angels at Astros over on the sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM. First pitch set for 7-10. And the reason why it's over on the sister station is because we got Cajuns, Tigers tonight right here on the game. Right here on the game. We got a poll question of the day. Straightforward. No muss, no fuss. Okay? We just want to hear from you. That's it. Simple, two-answer type of poll question. Who you got tonight? Go Tigers or go Cajuns? Who's going to win in Alex Box Stadium for the midweek matchup for the Wally Pond of Classic? Very simple. Go Tigers, go Cajuns. That's what we want to hear from you that's our poll question of the day leave your comments on facebook and twitter just make sure you keep it clean for the kids so go vote on that and we'll update it throughout today's show once again astros angels live from minute Maid ballpark on the sister station news talk 98.5 tonight 710 first pitch raging cajuns at the tigers bayou Bengals at alex box stadium First pitch, 6.30, live right here on the game. So we got the great baseball for you everywhere you turn. Everywhere you turn. We will come back. Talk a little Raging Cajun softball, McNeese baseball as well. They were big winners last night in early, early midweek games. We'll recap that action for you coming up next right here on RP3 and Company. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 came to the station this morning to do only two things. Kick some ass and drink some beer. Looks like we're almost out of beer. Well, it's kind of early for the latter, isn't it? Maybe. Probably. Maybe just a root beer or some flavored water. Back to more kick-ass sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, do you want to help clean up Lafayette Parish Trash Bash and Community Cleanup presented by the Environmental Quality Division of Lafayette Consolidated Government and the Bayou Vermilion District is scheduled for Saturday. That's right, this coming Saturday. Residents of all ages are invited to participate to pick up litter in streets, parks, and Bayou Vermilion. Anyone can volunteer. Volunteers can go register by calling 337-291-5637. That's 337-291-5637 or by emailing 
recycling at lafayettela.gov. Once again, email recycling at lafayettela.gov. There is no cost to participate in the Trash Bash 2022. Poll question of the day. He's already got a comment. It's somewhat salty and sideways. It's by your man. It's by your guy, JPK, the OD. Five names. We asked you, who you got tonight? Go Tigers, go Cajuns. Wally Ponoff, Junior Classic over at Alex Box Stadium. Cajuns, Tigers. The Basin Brothers facing each other. Should be a hell of a game. Yours truly and Kevin Foote will be in attendance to cover it. Should be a heck of a ball game. Great midweek matchup. But JPK, the OD, says, not so fast. Hannah, five names, RP3, with your poll question of the day. Cajuns, but does it really matter? Both teams are mired in the midst of mediocre, underperforming seasons. Even after this snooze-fest battle of each team's fourth-best pitcher on a Tuesday, only one team is going to wake up tomorrow morning with a winning record in their conference. Defend your boy. I can't defend him. JPK, the OD, with assault. Saltiness about the midweek matchup. Like, good job. You chose the Cajuns because that's the right answer. But also... And great gif of Chandler Yes, when he's falling asleep in the meeting. Yes, and he gets told he has to go to... Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> Tulsa. The yeah. Paris of Oklahoma. <laughs> yes. Good job. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love but that episode. all the mediocrity here. No. Get it together. He only has one part of this answer. Is it all correct? And I picked the Cajuns over the Tigers. That's it. And even with LSU not having a great season, they're still going to be an NCAA regional team. And there's only so many of those that get to say that. So is it mediocre? I mean, it may be mediocre for LSU standards, but they've been down for a couple years. Yeah. And the Cajuns have seemingly are getting better and better every week. They have seemingly have turned a corner last three weeks. So could they play themselves into an NCAA regional? Maybe. Could, possibly. maybe, possibly. Right now, our uh, our comments are 50-50 because on Facebook, of course, Jude Miller on it. Sends a gift to just a tiger. What, what was that tiger doing again? <laughs> you want to try, wanna try no. that one more time? <laughs> That's all it does. It's not going like for a long time. It's not, arr, arr, arr. It's rah. <laughs> I love how you make your tiger roar sound like a yawn. <laughs> That's amazing, by the way. <laughs> roar. <laughs> I'll just play the uh, the imaging for Ron Higgins. <laughs> Look at that roar. Just just use that instead <laughs> because it's adorable that you decided that was going to be the roar. At first, I was like, oh, yeah, she means a tiger roar because I already saw where you are going to go with this. And then you're like, roar. I was like, what? What are you, like little Simba trying to figure out how to roar? That's what it sounded like. <laughs> so keep voting on our poll question of the day. If you'd like to leave... Uh, adorable gifts where you're roaring by all means do so <laughs> and leave your comments on facebook and twitter who do you got tonight go tigers go cajuns unless you're martin janak and then you can't talk anymore 
well, I don't have time to get into what Martin's done now to get on your bad side. I can't keep up with all these men says, in your life. I got whoever five name is a pick because the team she picks never wins. So hopefully she picks wow! the kitty cats because I don't like LSU. LOL. Roll Tide. No. Blocked. Martin. Martin. But You've now blocked yourself on Facebook. But <laughs> Martin. Did she not pick her Seattle Mariners to win over the weekend? I did. And did they win? Didn't they take yes. two or three from the Astros? Just yes. saying. Just saying. 18 to, I believe, seven was uh, the, the run scored all week of that series. Oh, wow. Wow. <clears throat> Just throwing salt in the wind. Throwing salt in the wind. That was, yes, uh, they had no problem scoring runs. You know who else didn't have problems scoring runs? Raging Cajun softball team last night. They did not. They're on this weird Midwest trip <laughs> that they've decided to insert late in the season. I'm all for it. I, 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 part of me, though, feels like Jerry Glasgow just did this so he could go see family because he's originally from Illinois. So hmm. part, part, part of me feels like he just wanted to go back home in the middle of the season because it's at St. Louis on Monday, at Illinois on Tuesday tonight, at Indiana tomorrow, Wednesday, and then they go for the three-game series out in Boone, North Carolina. Why do I have a feeling Jerry just wanted to go back to his old haunts, so to speak? Yeah, in the middle of the like season, <laughs> just randomly, like just randomly traveling across the country to go play St. Louis, Illinois, and Indiana. But I digress. Nineteen to nothing was your final score from last night's game at St. Louis. Uh, that game was mercifully ended in the fifth inning. In the fifth inning, nineteen to nothing Don't is have. your final score. Yes, uh, the the headline is overwhelmed. You think? Mm-hmm. Megan Megan Shoreman picked up her eighth win of the season, improves to eight and four on the air. Jordan Campbell hit a home run in this ball game, and. At first, you're like, okay, they're going to win this game. Two runs in the top of the first, two runs in the top of the second. And then came the fourth and fifth innings where they just said, uh, here's seven runs and here's eight runs. We're done. Thanks. They held St. Louis to only one hit. That was it. That was it. Stormy had three hits for the Cajuns, two ribbies. Jordan Campbell, I mentioned, had the home run. She also had two hits on the day. So the week-long stretch of road games, they opened up in dominant fashion, 19 to nothing. They improved to 30 and 10 on the season. And they'll take on Illinois tonight, or this afternoon rather, at four o'clock. And then they'll take on Indiana on Wednesday before going over, as I said, to North Carolina to take on Appalachian State. Megan, who got the win, struck out 13 of the 16 batters she faced and only gave up the one hit. That was a fourth-inning single, which would have been a perfect game. Dominant performance for her. So, Raging Cajuns get their 30th win. And, look, I admittedly said this about this team. I thought their youth, you could see them possibly lose a series. And they lost series games this year they have which is unlike them and they did so against not so great competition right Georgia State Georgia Southern but it does feel like this team I said I wouldn't be surprised if they lose a series this year for the first time in I don't know forever that was early early in the conference slate I don't feel that way now I feel like 
they turned a corner quicker than they thought they would. Mm-hmm. That's a credit to Jerry and his staff for developing these girls and the pitching came along, right? That was the question mark I had. I was like, and Megan has really kind of stepped into that role for them. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so they got the pitching and they seem to have gotten a level of maturity sooner than I thought they would. I thought that that maturity would come late in the season and they would drop a series here. But I also felt like that series would kind of motivate them, right? They, they would lose a series, and that would be the turning point for the team is, okay, we dropped the ball. We have not set the bar. We have not, we're not achieving what we should be achieving. Now it's time. It's going to light a fire underneath them. That's what I thought was going to happen. That didn't happen. Credit Jerry and his staff and credit the girls on the roster for taking that on themselves and figuring it out as they were going along. And they didn't have to suffer a defeat to make it happen, which is impressive. Because sometimes it takes a defeat to make that happen, right? Sometimes it takes the embarrassment of being the class that loses. Right. You see it in every sport. It's like, all right, we failed here, so uh, we need to figure some stuff out. Let's go. Come on. Get together. It's seemingly they've been able to kind of – improve as the season goes along they do have that signature non-conference win against texas and they're atop the sunbelt standings i mean look when you go into mobile and you take down south alabama and you sweep them like you did and now your sole possession of the sunbelt conference standings well you have the regular season championship in your your sights yeah so i i think you're going to see a very focused i don't know how they're going to fare on this road trip against illinois and indiana and App State, but it has become part of their tradition, especially under Jerry Glasgow, for their spring break to consist of a long road trip elsewhere. Um, I do think he just wanted to be back at home. <laughs> but um, big win, mercy rule. You get to rest everyone, and now you get to play because they're playing back-to-back-to-back days. They're playing three days in a row before getting some time off to go play App State. I wonder if uh, Jerry has like enough family out there that has even need a hotel for the girls. They're all going to stay at like family's houses. <laughs> they all get to stay just at farmhouses <laughs> sprinkled throughout the Midwest. That's how we imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> the Raging Cajun softball team wasn't the only big winner on the diamond last night. McNeese played an early, early midweek baseball game. Not really midweek, it's early week. Um, they're taking on, they took on Sam Houston, the former conference foe that's now in a different conference. Well, they welcomed him to the Joe, and Mini said, have some. 8-4 victory for the Cowpokes. They improved to 20-16 and 16 on the year. Key to this game, they, got, they jumped out to a, an early lead, played it a run in the second, two more in the third. Sam Houston got a run in the fifth, but McNeese responded with two in the fifth in the bottom frame. And then they kind of put the game away with three there in the bottom of the seventh. Sam did get two runs to cross in the top of the ninth, but not enough as the Cowboys collected 14 hits, scored eight runs off those hits. Sloppy in the field for both teams. Two errors contributed by each team, but Minis gets the win. And they're coming off a series sweep of Incarnate Word, and now they've beat Sam Houston. Now they've won four in a row. They're looking to build some momentum. And they're going to be playing tomorrow night at 
ULM for a midweek contest there. They can beat the Warhawks, and that makes it five straight. Once again, I've told you this. Southland Conference, particularly for baseball, absolutely wide open. Absolutely wide open. So congratulations to both the Raging Cajun softball team and the Meanese Cowboys baseball team last night getting wins. Of course, Raging Cajuns baseball versus LSU baseballs tonight over at Alex Box Stadium. LSU softball is playing at McNeese for a midweek contest. That should be a big deal over in Lake Chuck, so plenty of action going along. Once again, just a reminder, Cajuns, Tigers, live from Alex Box Stadium, will be carried right here on the game. 6.30 first pitch. Houston Astros versus the Halos will be on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM. First pitch set for 7-10. We'll talk more about the Cajuns-Tigers matchup. We'll hear from Matt Deggs. We'll hear from Jay Johnson. That's coming up next right here on RP3 and Company. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to join in the discussion with RP3? Then just give us a call on the hotline. You know the number. Two, four... Niner, five, six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a Niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No need to be embarrassed. Just call us at 337-706-0111. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The NBA playoffs means next-level basketball. Get in on the first-round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, each day of the first round, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay does not hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code 1037GAME. That's 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code 1037GAME at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Availability does vary by parish. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. Who do you got tonight? Is it the Tigers or is it the Cajuns? Live from Alex Box Stadium. Who do you got? Where do you heard from? Heard? Heard? There we go. Had a break in that new tongue. Poll question today, who you got? Go Tigers, go Cajuns. JPK, the OD, has already given us a salty comment this morning. My man has started off his day salty. Keep voting on our poll question of the day. 
Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Caleb Broussard has commented on Twitter. Cajuns are hotter right now. That's who he's going with. Plus, it's a midweek game. And the Tigers have pretty good pitching. Is their number four pitcher good enough? But on the same hand, the Tigers can rake. You heard Jay Walker tell us yesterday the key to the game is going to be making sure the Cajuns keep the ball inside the ballpark. Because if it becomes a home run fest, that favors LSU all day long. It does. It just does. Who do you got? Five names. Is that even a question? Look, yes, you proudly, you're a proud University of Louisiana at Lafayette graduate. You love cheering on the Raging Cajuns. But you're also working the media and you can be objective. Well, I do have the Cajuns. Despite that, I do have an actual like friend. Like I can like text him up. I know who he's, he's going to reply on LSU. But well, time out. Did you just flex on the air? I did. Did you just flex on the air? Mm-hmm. Look who's friends with an LSU Tiger. Woo! Fancy. Yep. He's a catcher. <laughs> 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 Who you got? Tyler McManus. I've known him since now I you're was, just dropping names. I was I've known him since I was in first grade. Name dropper extraordinaire over his here. First boy girl party at the bowling alley in Slidell. <laughs> we'll have to book him on the show, and you can guys can talk about the first I've boy tried. girl party <laughs> at the bowling alley. Yeah, and he'll be like, I thought we were going to talk baseball. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? What's happening? What's going on here? I'm confused. Yeah, would, <laughs> keep, keep voting on the poll question. Don't worry. I'll keep the mic off the whole time. It's okay. <laughs> uh, Cajuns, Tigers, Battle of the Basin, as I like to call it, better known as also. This is their kind of version of the Wally Ponif classic. Instead of having it at a the Shrine on Airline, they're going to be playing the Cajuns on a random Tuesday. I'm not really for sure. That said, it's going to be a hell of a ball game. Coach Jay Johnson's team, they're entering this game looking to get back on track because got swept by Arkansas. Pig Suey handed them, said, uh, here you go. Here's an L. Here's another L. And here's a third L. And the Tigers are going to be looking to get back on track. And Coach Johnson talked about that yesterday and talked about what does his team need to do moving forward. It's going to be about keeping the players in the right headspace and improving, you know, in terms of handling the ball, in terms of doing a better job against the better pitchers in the league offensively. And pitching, you know, like I said, I mean, it's a good offense. It was a tough park. For the most part, those guys did a pretty good job. And so they just got to continue to throw strikes and and put us in position. You know, outside of the three games where we've kind of separated the score, every game has been winnable. And so, uh, you know, we just got to kind of keep going. Got to keep going. They left too many runners on the base pass as well. They can hit, but this team goes through stretches where they don't get the timely hits. And they leave too many runners on the base paths. And Coach Johnson was asked, with his team doing that, 
more and more, leaving guys on the base path. Is that going to force him to change up the lineup at all? Yeah, I mean, if I could have Jacob Dillon come up the bat every inning, I would. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, we put a lot of thought into that. At some point, you know, it gets to, like, again, you have to move the ball. And and like I said, I mean, for me, it's it's not just leaving them out there. It's it's a strikeout looking in the first, and then it's a weird umpire call in the third, and then it's a strikeout looking in the fifth. You know, two-strike hitting, it's a big foundational piece of what we're trying to do and just get back to work on it. The, the, the thing is, like, we're not so deep where it's just like, okay, bring this guy in. You know what I mean? Like, the guys that are scuffling a little bit have to provide a better at bat and we'll provide the coaching for them to try to do that better. They will be at home in the confines of Alex Box Stadium tonight for the game against the Raging Cajuns. And Coach Johnson, even though he's only in his first year at the helm of the program, he spoke on what it means for his team to be back at home. You know, when I, I first looked at the schedule, there was two things that jumped out was the, the road opponents, and, and we're through three of, of those five. And then there was this, this kind of back-to-back, you know, national champ and the number one national seed, you know, and then it's a compressed because the – the Easter thing. So I think it's going to be really good for us to be back at home. The other thing that goes missing is, you know, we're, we're constantly, I'm talking about the play and developing and improving. Good players can do that anytime, but it certainly helps to be at home and, and to be able to, you know, pull, you know, a player in, you know, on, on an evening and get in work in the cage or in the morning and or on the infield and, and those types of things. So it kind of allows us to get back to that. And I'm really excited. The Cajuns, meanwhile, they're coming off a, a series win over ULM. They had the disappointing game on Good Friday that they lost. But they came back and won the rubber match on Saturday to win the series. And they are playing better baseball of late, especially the last three weeks plus. And their RPI is actually in pretty good shape as well. And if they keep progressing along this path, could they sneak into the regional, into a regional, even if they don't win the Sunbelt Conference Tournament? That remains to be seen. But Coach Matt Deggs was asked about, you know, the RPI for the Raging Cajuns. Well, I think you have to understand, A, how it works, and uh, B, when to address it, okay? And, uh, you know, because that's a key. Unless you just want to bank on one in the tournament, uh, which uh, is doable, right? That's always doable. We've won a lot of tournaments, and... But I don't think anybody goes in and says, hey, man, whatever happens, we'll win the tournament. They're like, you don't know. Uh, but if your schedule lends itself to having a good RPI and you can win some of those games and do very well in your league, uh, I think you keep an eye on it You know, from here on in. RPI, yeah. I mean, that's going to determine whether or not they can get an at-large at bid. And... Look at the schedule they've played. They've played a lot of really good teams. They've played Arkansas. They've played Stanford. Uh, they're going to play LSU tonight. They're going to they they help themselves with their non conference schedule. They made sure to play quality opponents. Louisiana Tech twice. So Cajuns could be in good shape at the end of the season. But first things first, LSU tonight for the Raging Cajuns and Matt Deggs' team. And Deggs talked about the importance of the LSU game. Well, we've had a lot of measuring sticks this year. And, uh, you know, the, the opponent, then, like I said this morning, the, the name doesn't matter what's across the chest. It's, the game is always within your own team. And, 
you know, how good's your approach and, and you know, how, good, how well can you function together and, you know, can you make big plays, big pitches and have big at-bats and have the heart to take big bases. And so uh, that's, that's where the game lies for us. Uh, we do have four great opportunities against two teams uh, that are mid-30 RPIs. So ours slipped a little bit this weekend, and uh, we could have swept and it could have done that. Uh, but we're still holding strong in a, in a low 50s and, and still have a great strength of schedule and still have you know, several opportunities against good programs and good RPI teams. Currently, the RPI for the Cajuns, they, draw, they, they maintained from NCAA, they're at 52. So the RPI is 52 on the season. Tulane is 51. There's a lot of Louisiana Tech's 42. LSU's 34. So RPI, they have a great opportunity. If they can get a win against LSU, that would help their case. And Deggs told us yesterday, what were the keys? What were the things that were going to have to happen for the Raging Cajuns to go across the basin and get a win tonight? Well, we're going to have to out, you know, you're going to have to score. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to use the word out hit, but you're going to have to score and you're going to have to match and you're going to have to respond and, and you can't go you can't go dormant. It's like playing the Patriots when Brady was there and you're kicking field goals. That just ain't going to work. Uh, you're going to have to score some runs. And I would also say they have to do a job they have to do their job of not letting LSU do batting practice inside Alex Box Stadium. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. I love how both of them and their their press conferences brought up a reference to football. Yes. <laughs> now if the seating were done today, mm-hmm. if the seatings were done today. The Raging Cajuns would still have a great chance of making it because 64 teams. You have 16 regionals, four teams in each regional. Now, the problem is, just like with the NCAA men's basketball and women's basketball tournaments, your tournament, conference tournament champions get an automatic bid, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where you heard Deg say, look, they're in good shape because a lot of these teams that are ranked in the top 50 in RPI – are going to win their conference tournaments. But Deggs understands the Deggs understands this. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see both of these teams make it into an NCAA regional. Great game, great matchup tonight. Great for in-state baseball. Two great programs facing off at Alex Box Stadium. Once again, first pitch, 6.30 tonight. You can listen to it live right here. You are listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Uh, Today's going to be the day that you're going to join the game. Clubhouse, not only is it free to join, but you will get the chance to enter to win a tremendous free gift. Gifts. We have them aplenty up in the clubhouse like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. That's right, a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. It's in our clubhouse. It's just waiting for you to take it, but you got to sign up for our clubhouse, which is free to do so, so you'll have the opportunity to score that $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's. Go become a member of the game clubhouse right now at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Sign up today. It's free to do so.
Let's check in on our poll question of the day. Who do you got tonight? Raging Cajuns, Tigers, Alex Box Stadium. Right now, 71% of you say Raging Cajuns. 29% say LSU. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter, and we will update it throughout today's show. Hour number one in the books. But not to be sad, we still have two hours to go. Got Cole Kelly, the former Turlings Catholic in southeastern Louisiana star, joining us in about a half an hour from right now as he prepares for the NFL draft. Of course, we'll take your phone calls. Hotline's open, 337-706-0111. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. I'm the big, bald, and beautiful one, Raymond Parch III, better known as RP3. I'm joined here by the producer extraordinaire, bowling extraordinaire. Yes? Uh, <laughs> I had a five names is here. I am uh, here. Uh, look, 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 look. You just have to embrace. <laughs> This stuff. I refer to myself as the big, bald, and beautiful one. So let's just put yeah. things in perspective. Okay. You being an average bowler, not really the biggest lie we say here every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm saying, though, I think the producer extraordinaire, I think that's a pretty good statement. Producer extraordinaire, yes. Big, bald, and beautiful. Mm, not so much. My daughter listens to this show so much now. That she said that the other day. <laughs> like we were in the store, she said, and the big, bald, and beautiful one. I was like, no, you can't say that no more. <laughs> hey, no more listening to daddy's show for you. There'll be none of that. There'll be none of that. Just complete silence in the car on the way to school. <laughs> <laughs> no bueno. No bueno. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Good day, good start of today's show. Astros winner last night, Jordan Alvarez, two home runs in his return to the lineup after missing five games due to COVID, health and safety protocols. But even though they get the 8-3 win over the Halos in their home opener there at Minute Maid Ballpark, they got their American League championship rings before the start of the game. Jose Altuve, hamstring strain, so he's going to be day-to-day. But the Strohs do get in the win column 
Last night on the Diamonds, Wilmanese baseball gets a win over Sam Houston. The Raging Cajun softball team crushes the faces of St. Louis. As I speculate, Jerry Glasgow just wanted to be back home in the Midwest. That's why he decided to play St. Louis, Illinois, and Indiana in April during spring break. But tonight is the big matchup, obviously. Raging Cajuns baseball taking on LSU baseball at Alex Box Stadium. No offense to LSU softball playing at McNeese softball. That'll be a heck of a ball game as well, but all eyes are going to be on Baton Rouge. Season York. Yes. For the Cajuns and the Tigers battling it out there inside Alex Box Stadium. Once again, 6.30 is first pitch. You can listen to the game live right here on the game. Pre-game will begin at 6 o'clock following the completion of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. But let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on our guy and the man who was bestowed the title of Game Changer of the Week phone call last week. The one only, only Mr. Doug. Doug, good morning to you, brother. How you doing, bud? Wow, man. Morning, bro. Appreciate the accolade, there, bro. Hey, I just hey, want. Hey, I just. Hey, I just went bowling, man. What say? Say that. Say that again. When was the When was the last time you went bowling? The last time I went bowling, I went with uh, my wife and I, Tina. We went bowling with uh, five names and her fiance Kenneth. And uh, yeah, that's the last time I've been bowling. Man, I had. Yeah, when I was younger, I used to knock some pins around, and then. Uh, not, not a while back, uh, I mean, a while back, the wife and I decided to go kill a little time at the bowling alley. And let me tell you, I couldn't walk for three days, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Oh, I know, brother. Good Lord. Oh, the pain. Uh, baseball tonight, Ray. I, I, I'd like to see Bryce Collins tonight. Oh. Probably start. I, I really want to see more of him. Uh what happened in uh, Arkansas was, man, I was just so disappointed in that team. Uh, you thought that they could at least take the first game, but th- the way Hilliard started, I mean, from the get-go, the first inning, you just had a feeling that things weren't going to go the uh, Tigers' way. Uh, and they're man, not dominant enough, Doug, even though they're great at, at the plate, they're not a dominant enough team to be able to overcome a poor start by one of their pitchers. And and that's, that's where they stand, right? right? Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely right. You know what I mean? When the bats get going, it's, it's like you can't stop them, but you got to have some help from your pitchers. Absolutely. You keep, I mean, Arkansas, good Lord, they were knocking them out of the park, man, right there from the get-go. Uh, but, yeah, I'd like to see uh, Bryce Collins um, start tonight. And, and what about the, the Lady Cajuns and the Lady Tigers? I told you the, the Lady Tigers were due for a sweep. They took care of South Carolina. Man, that was sweet. It was really, really nice to see the girls do Look, that. Beth, Beth uh, knows. Maybe Cajuns are playing some good ball now too, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Jerry, I feel like his team has turned a corner. And you know Beth knows how to push all the right buttons with her team. And that team is young, well, yeah. just like the Cajuns are. Even though they have Sinceri in the circle, they're still very young. Uh, when you look at the roster and when it comes to actual playing experience, but, look, I fully expect, yet again, both of those teams to be in a regional. I don't think either one, when it comes to softball, Doug, is going to host. But I do like the chances for LSU and for the Raging Cajun softball programs to be back in the NCAA regionals. 
I do too, Ray. Yeah, you're exactly right. I do too. Let's keep our fingers crossed for the, across for the girls and uh, let's hope for a good game tonight, Ray. I got you, brother. I got you. Appreciate the phone call, bud. Thanks, Ray. Yeah, softball. Look, both of them. It's it's funny how they're both kind of the same in a lot of ways. They just are. They're both very young. They have some veteran leadership there, but they're both very young. I forgot to tell Doug before we let him go that he was speaking to the egg pocking champion for our family's Easter games. I'm just saying. Just saying. I mean, did you take any of his tips? Did you cheat? I did not cheat. I did use my own egg that I colored. When we colored eggs, we dyed eggs. And the wife went with a new, not only did we just dye them old school, like food coloring, vinegar, water, yeah. boiling water. That's it, right? We didn't get the kits. But she wanted to get a new kit on how to like do sponges and like tie-dye it all together. And the one that I worked on the most is the one that I used. And that what led me. And I had to rally because someone broke my bottom of my egg, cracked the bottom of my egg, and I won with the top of my egg. You have no idea what I'm talking about. You didn't look at those videos about what egg pocking is all about, did you? No, you didn't. I told you to look it up, and you're like, you still have no clue. Yep. Am I going to have to have Doug call the program again no. and talk to you off the air about what's going on there? No. Yeah. I'm sorry. I Parch- have other things to do. I'm sorry. The Parch slash Guidro's, uh Easter games. Wildly successful. Wildly successful. We've never won them. We came close this year, and we didn't host, so I told my wife we can't host anymore. She goes, what are you talking about? She loves to host things. So it's up to her. We'd host everything. We'd host people all the time. For me, I'd be like, ah, I just want to stay in my recliner. Do we have to? That's how I am. So I love that for you. <laughs> Speaking to your role of your age, who you are. <laughs> I'm just like, I just no. Can we? Can we just have people? Yeah, fine. So we hosted them for three years at our house. And then the pandemic hit, and then, you know, couldn't do couldn't do much, or you had to do everything's limited. So this was the first year back. But because we decided to do a combination of my father-in-law having his birthday, and we made it a birthday-slash-Easter thing, so we just had it at my brother-in-law's house. My brother-in-law wanted to do a crawfish bowl, so that looks fine. So we had him over there, and I told my wife, I said, oh, hey, hey now, I want egg pocket. I go, our daughter won with the egg toss. Now, to be fair, it's because the two little girls who were seven and six couldn't throw the egg far enough so it was just landing on the ground, but it wasn't cracking. While the grown-ups that competed, the young ladies that competed are like 18 or 19, one of the eggs just smashed right on her shoulder and just exploded all over her face and her clothes. Yet, But we still won. So the Parch family was feeling good. And then Hattie finished third in another event. Boom. But Zach Miller. That taking the title guy. again. That guy. That guy's the worst. <laughs> I guess we'll push back the start of his uh, comeback on our three company now. <laughs> Actually, it's a new picture that's not of him in the mirror. 
<laughs> oh, 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 I wonder if Zachariah is listening. <laughs> he'd, be he'd be texting me if he did. <laughs> oh, man. It did feel good to just get together for a holiday and it not be weird. Right? I mean, it had it just over Christmas, too, where it felt kind of normal. It felt good. Oh, yeah. Feel good. The first holiday with like all of your family is like, huh? We do this again? This is a, this is a thing? Like we actually do this? I mean, I guess like I so like you all not. enough to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. All right. Yeah. Try, trying to get uh, ten grandchildren all in one picture. Oh. It was so hard, Ooh. especially when you're trying to recreate the same one you already did. So then, like, it's been a, a minute since you take the picture. Oh no. We're like ones no. that were like two or now like seven and I have to hold one because that's how it was in the last picture. It's my fault. I photoshopped the picture together to fail. make one picture and now everyone lives by that picture. It's fine. Fail. We tried to do that years ago. My cousin's over in Mobile and that we have a picture of all of us with our Easter baskets. I think it is mm -hmm. standing outside the magnolia tree of my grandmother's house. And we tried to recreate it. And I think we're like, I don't know, 16 or 17. And everyone was so happy because then they put the two photos together and we presented it. But then I was like, we're not standing in the right position. So I, like, I ruined the great picture moment. And I didn't notice it until after it was framed. And I was like, well, I'm not in the right spot. <laughs> so that doesn't work. <laughs> See, ours, the reason ours even worked of getting it to be everyone in the right spot and like in the same position and everything was that I had done so well and the two images that we took on that day that the one of them that I made out of the two that looked great, my aunt made the like the canvas picture of it, like the printed uh -huh. canvas for my grandma. So like my nana has it on her like her fireplace so we literally took from the fireplace walked outside and said okay you stand here you stand here you stand here everyone's in the right spot i was in charge of taking the picture of at my wife's family they had a family reunion a couple of weeks ago in arnaville mm -hmm. and i was in charge of getting them all together and positioning them all for a photo uh, i had to take like 12 of them we found one good one where everyone is not you know everyone's looking no one has their eyes closed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, okay. All right, there we go. We got okay. it. Yes. <laughs> we literally we had the two pictures we had. One of them, my cousin, one cousin was smiling, and the other one had a truck in his hand. The second picture, <laughs> the other one was, that one that was smiling is now looking angry, and the other one is smiling with no truck in the picture. So I took those two pictures and took the smiling face and put it on a picture with the guy with no truck in his hand. And made one picture. <laughs> Took a really long time. <laughs> I, I can I can only imagine. Our buddy Hart has chosen violence. This Why? Morning. Hart Why has decided to choose violence, violence. Today? Choosing violence today. I'm happy and everything, and they're only me. He goes at RP3 at game. Can I make a suggestion for the food poll tomorrow? Who has the best plate lunch in Acadiana area? Fights will commence, no doubt. We can't do that. We can't be no. doing that. It's got to be biased because Kenneth. <laughs> Uh, store for Sandra's, they sell plate lunches, so they don't have to say his. This woman's trying to get free advertising for her fiance's business. What are you doing? He was so mad the first hashtag, time I was here. Hashtag no free ads. <laughs> I kept saying his health food store. He's like, why don't you just say Sandra's? That's all you got to do. I'm like, I'm sorry. 
he's getting angry because I wouldn't say the name of his workplace. Once again, free <laughs> advertising. What are you doing? It's time for a timeout, five names. Trying to line the pockets of your fiance, hoping to get more business. Mm-mm-mm. Shameful. Shameful. Despicable. Uh-huh. Always the next time you say Tina's workplace. I'll, I'll I never say Tina's it. workplace. I say what she does. I never say her her actual office. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. see? Because them are the rules. Dems are the <laughs> rules. Dems. It's a great English language right there. I got that gooder book learning. <laughs> Edumacations. Edumacations. With your fancy book learning over there, passing judgment on me. <laughs> Magnolia tree. I have Magnolia tree. Magnolia. Hush your mouth. <laughs> hush your mouth. Just hush it. Hush it. How's those hiccups doing? They're gone. Yeah. Ah. I can't. I can't wait for their for, the, for them to return. Yes, Live on that. the air. We're gonna take a timeout. Okay. Phone lines are still open, though. Yeah. Game hotline, 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and Company with the big, bald, and beautiful one and Miss Hiccup trying to get her fiancé free advertisement. Five names. <laughs> oh, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got the look. I got the look. <laughs> You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Lafayette Marble and Granite is the South's largest cultured marble factory, and they pride themselves on earning your business. Look, LMG provides more than just show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens and your bathrooms. Have you thought about your man caves? Have you thought about your outdoor living spaces? Because they can take those to another level as well and help your home and your entertaining space become the envy of the neighborhood during game days this fall. Visit their website, lmgelite.com. That's lmgelite.com to learn more about all the sensational services and the great products that they have to offer. Live inventory is updated every single Wednesday. Visit lmgelite.com or simply stop by their showroom located right there on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford and the Jockey Lot. Lafayette Marble and Granite, they're looking to earn your business and trust me, earn it, they will. Cole Kelly, former Turlings Catholic and Southeastern Louisiana star quarterback, NFL draft prospect, is going to join us in less than 10 minutes from right now to discuss what he's been doing this offseason to prepare for the draft. He got to go to the Combine. He got to play in the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. And he's been working out for teams and being interviewed for teams. Cole Kelly's going to get drafted. We'll catch up with him about all of that coming up in about 10 minutes from right now here on RP3 and Company. But let's talk a little NBA playoffs. They've begun. Pelicans are going to take on the Phoenix Suns in Game 2 out in the desert tonight. That'll be your late game. Of course, we'll preview that when Ollie Cassell joins us next hour. Talking all things Pels with Ollie, of course. But we did have playoff action last night. Let's talk about the Golden State Warriors for a moment. I kept getting told that they weren't as good and that, you know, that, you know, that they had issues. 
and that, yeah, they could maybe win a couple games, but, you know, they had a tough go of it because they're going to take on the Denver Nuggets. Well, uh, Jordan Poole and uh, Steph Curry said, eh, not so much. They blow out Denver in game two last night, winning 126 to 106. They now have a 2 0 lead in that first round playoff series. As Golden State, remember, has all that experience. Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, and they're all healthy and they're all playing. Yeah, yeah. Steph dropped 34 last night off the bench because they were trying to regulate his playing time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Golden State's going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem. Do I think Denver can sneak in and win a game? Yes. But I liked Golden State to win this series to start off with. I'm still sticking to that as they now lead 2-0 in their best of seven first-round series. The Toronto Raptors were another team that people thought were going to give the Philadelphia 76ers some trouble. They are a veteran team. They have the world championship experience on the roster. They're well-coached. They're disciplined. All that's great. But this is the NBA, and talent takes over more in the NBA than it does any other sport. Any other pro sports, talent really matters more than anything else. It just does. And the 76ers crushed the faces of the Raptors last night. 112 to 97. They lead that series now two to nothing. They're up 2-0. Philly has more talent. They have Joel Embiid, who's an MVP candidate, and they have James Harden. They have more talent. In the NBA, that's what it really comes down to. When you think of the Raptors team that won the title, yes, they had Van Fleet and all those guys on there. They also had Kawhi Leonard, a guy that's a top 10, top 15 player in the league. That matters. You need that. You need one of those guys. Toronto doesn't have one of those guys. They just don't. The 76ers have two of them. Boom. Advantage the team with more talent. Always. Warriors go up 2-0 with their win over the Nuggets. 76ers go up 2-0 with their win over the Raptors. The Jazz Mavericks series, though, that's going to be a good one. I thought that was one of the most evenly matched playoff series from jump. Utah took game one. Dallas responded last night, winning 110-104 to take game two to even this series up at one apiece. The Jazz obviously have Donovan Mitchell. He had 34 points last night in the loss. Bogdanovich gave him 25 as well. They have some really nice players. But Dallas stepped up. Brunson, of all people, had 41 points for the Mavs. As they even up this series 110-104. to So I like that series. I like what I see there. I still like Utah to win the series. But it's good to see that the Mavericks showed some heart, showed some fight, because they are, you know, a 50-win team. Obviously, their best player is not playing. When you have a generational talent, Luka not playing, it matters. Tonight's action... In the NBA playoffs, 
Hawks taking on the Heat. Miami's up one nothing in that series. They thumped Atlanta in Game One. Atlanta's going to need more than just Trey Young to steal a game here against the number one seed Miami Heat, led by Jimmy Butler and company. T Wolves Grizzlies. T Wolves took Game One in Memphis against John Moran and company. I like Memphis. I like them a lot. I like how they're coached. I like how they play. Timberwolves got in through the play-in tournament. We'll see if Grizzlies can even up the series tonight from FedEx form. Make it 1-1. And then, of course, the nightcap is going to be the Pelicans at the Phoenix Suns. Can they sneak a game? Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Chris Paul went on a tear in the fourth quarter in game one. Do I expect him to do that every game? No. But Phoenix is just deeper, and they're the better team. But we'll see. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, former Turlings Catholic star, Southeastern Louisiana record-setting quarterback, the man who won the Walter Payton Award for the FCS, that's the Heisman for that level, an NFL draft prospect, Cole Kelly's going to be joining us, talking about how he's preparing for the draft, which is a matter of just a few weeks. That's coming up next, right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You know how some fellas don't care how they look? I mean, a few of you are rocking sweatpants that haven't been washed in days. Ew. Not to worry, my dear unkempt friend. RP3 and Company is a judgment-free zone. Hell, sometimes these guys don't even wear pants. I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party. The pants with the pants. Party with pants. Now back to the hopefully fully clothed RP3 on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are less than two weeks away from the NFL draft, the three-day extravaganza. That's what it's become. First round action a week from Thursday. And our next guest here on RP3 and Company, well, he's more than likely going to hear his name called, or at least he hopes that's the case. He doesn't take anything for granted, I can assure you of that. He was a star at Turlings Catholic, both on the hardwood and on the gridiron. He would go on to play at Arkansas before ending his career with the Southeastern Lions, and boy, did he end it with a flurry of accolades. FCS All-American, the Southland Conference Offensive Player of the Year. He rushed for more than 600 yards and scored 29 touchdowns on the ground and through the air. Oh, he just threw for 7,000-plus yards, 59 touchdowns to only 12 interceptions, completing an astounding 72% of his passes with the Lions. Oh, he was also the FCS Walter Payton Award winner, which is the Heisman for the FCS. It's our privilege to welcome back to the show our good friend, the one and only Mr. Cole Kelly. Cole, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I appreciate the uh, all, all the all, all the good talk, man. I appreciate I appreciate y'all having me back too, man. Well, let's just talk about you know the end of the season. Your season wraps up, 
and you're then going to have to shift your attention towards the NFL. So walk us through that. What's your process like once the semester's over, once the season's over? Walk us through that. What's that like for you? Yeah, yeah man. So honestly, you know, this is my, obviously my first time going through this process. So, you know, it's kind of been a whirlwind. I'm, you know, kind of learning as I go type thing. But uh, I knew the first thing I needed to do was find an agent because, you know, they know what to do. They know the next steps to take and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, that might that might not be an easy thing to do, find somebody you trust to kind of do the right things for you and uh, trust with those kind of decisions. But, uh, you know, I found a good one, somebody that's been very consistent. His name was Justin Turner. And you're talking about Trevor uh, Baggy. He's actually me and Trevor's agent. So, um, and he's kind of done a really good job for us on uh, helping to make it easy for us. And all we do really is focus on the work part. And then he tells us when we got to do things and how we how, how to do it and stuff like that. So it's been it's been uh, it's been really helpful to have him. But it's it's kind of been a roller coaster. You know, part of that process once you wrap up your season is to take part in the all-star games, those all-star festivities, whether it's the Hula Bowl or East-West Shrine game or the Reese's Senior Bowl, and you got to take part in one of those as well. That was the NFLPA's Collegiate Bowl, and you impressed them there, brother. You earned most valuable player honors. Just talk to us about that process. What was it like uh, dealing with the coaches and the preparation and playing in that game? Yeah, man, it was it was a um, it was a blessing. You know, that's the best way to describe it. You know, we were out there in L.A., beautiful weather, getting to practice and play in the in the Rose Bowl every day. Uh, man, it was, it was a dream come true. And uh, you know, I had some of the best coaches and ex NFL players around me. You know, Marvin Lewis was our head coach. He's he's a great head coach. Learned a lot. Had Jeff Blake. He used to play for the Saints back in the day as my quarterback coach. And, uh, you know, I really I really learned a lot, man. Not to mention all these great guys around me. It's basically an all-star game of the best college football players around. So just to be able to kind of grow that camaraderie with all these players around that I'm probably going to see later on in my career and uh, with all these coaches around. And then to get to get, be blessed enough to win MVP, man, it, was, it was really a surreal thing. I had my family out there to see it, too. It was, it was really just it was a dream come true, just blessings all around. Another blessing I know for you was getting that invite to the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. So few guys from the FCS level actually get invited. You did. Once you found that out, that you were going, what was kind of going through your mind? What was your emotions when you knew that you were going to have an opportunity to work out and to go through skills and go through the interview process with all 32 teams? Yeah, man, it's kind of a little bit of both, you know. Like, I'm very humble, don't get me wrong, and I, I was very blessed. I was very, very blessed to have gotten that. I was very thankful and grateful. But, you know, at the same time, I was like, all right, it's about time. Like, you know, I feel I'm very confident in who I am as a football player. I mean, I've been playing college football for six years. I've gotten to learn from my mistakes, and uh, I'm very confident in what I do now. So, you know, I was I was glad and very glad to get that opportunity so I can go and show what I can do up against you know, all these power five guys that, uh, you know, get all the attention and stuff like that, which, you know, I could care less about all the attention. I just want the respect that, that, that I'm owed. Tell us a little bit about the combine experience. What was it like being interviewed and what were some of the, uh, the, the most, I don't know, uh, they're always talking yeah. about crazy questions being asked. So, yeah. I mean, what was, what was the interview process like for you, brother? 
Yeah, you know, it's honestly the way, the best way to describe it is like speed dating. Uh, there was no crazy questions, all football-related questions really for me. But, uh, it's, I mean, you get 15 minutes with a team, and then you get up, and another team's grabbing you on the shoulder to go to another one. Um, so, you know, I, I did a lot of that. You know, this with this, this year's draft and stuff, and the teams now, there's so many quarterback question marks, you know, in the NFL. So, really, if you're a quarterback coming out, in the draft, and if you were quarterback at the combine, I mean, there were a lot of teams talking to you, and uh, you know that's how I felt and stuff like that. And um, you know, but you can't you, you do your best like that. And you, it's really a repetition. It's a lot of repetition. You talk. It's a lot of the same questions from from just different teams. But uh, so you really get you really get it down pat by the end of it. But uh, you know, I'm just I'm just blessed to be where I'm at. We're talking with former Turlings Catholic star and Southeastern Line record-setting quarterback Cole Kelly. He joins us here in RP3 and Company. Cole, tell me a little bit about, you know, what was the the big amount, the large amount of feedback that you received from coaches and from teams during that process, what they thought your strengths were and what, what, what they thought maybe some of the things you need to work on. Yeah, you know, um, I think – I think uh, that's, a, that's a really good question, but um, you know, I got to watch film with actually a, a couple teams on my film throughout this process, and uh, I think my decision making is is definitely one of my strengths and my you know my strong arm and stuff, and I think my touch is actually something that surprises people. But uh, you know, as as big as I am, you know, and nowadays you got to be able to run. And uh, yeah, I know everybody likes to look at the stats and stuff. How I ran a lot at Southeastern, but we're talking about the NFL. I got to be able to, you know, be quick enough and agile enough to move away from defensive ends that are 250, 280 pounds that run 4-3, 4-4, four, 4-5. Four, four, so it's like, but uh, you know, you, it's um, you can do it. You know what I'm saying? It sounds all hard stuff, but you can do it. I'm not, I'm not gonna outrun anybody. I'm not gonna outrun for break one for 50 yards but I got to be quick and get the ball in my hand and be smart with the ball and uh, that's something I really take pride in it's something I took pride in in college and that's uh, something I'll continue to take pride in and work really hard on as I get to the next level do you feel like the combine experience is going to help you continue work on your game continue to even get better yeah, you know, I think it really helped with just like getting to know people, being around those kind of that kind of people. It definitely helped with my confidence. I felt like I was one, of, if not, I was one of the best quarterbacks there, if not the best one throwing wise. But it takes a lot more than just throwing routes on there to be a good quarterback, you know. But uh, I think just being around those coaches, letting them see uh, what, what you can do, just talent wise and rawness, then I, I think that really helps. But you know, as far as that, you only get one day on the field. The rest of it's just like meetings and, and, and waiting around and stuff like that. So it's really more of a mental test than it's a physical test. You only, like I said, only one day on the field. Talking with Trevor Beggy last week, he mentioned right. that you guys both went to uh, Carolina and uh, took yeah. part in some, uh, some workout sessions and dealing with some uh, former NFL greats. What can you tell us? Yeah, man, so we spent from January to – um, really to the beginning of April, um, well, at least I did, and he, he did too. So it was about, it was about three months in uh, Charlotte. We roomed together over there and trained with some other guys from around that area. And uh, it was really a really good thing for us because, you know, we, were, we weren't in our hometown. We were kind of away from everything. And all we were focused on was working on getting better for pro day and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I kind of read my body has kind of gotten better. Like I look, I look a lot 
like a lot better, you know, uh, a lot skinnier, uh, a lot more in shape, and and I am just from just focus on working out all day and not have anything, no distractions. And uh, you know, I was really blessed to have Trevor there with me because uh, th- that could take a toll on you if you just work out every day and don't do much else, you know, by yourself. But I had Trevor there to kind of go through it with me. And, uh, you know, it was great. The first day we got there, man, we, we go there, Steve Smith is over there, and he's, he's working out with us, giving giving Trevor and some of the wide receivers some uh, some tips and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, there were there NFL players all around. Our trainer is very, very good. His name is Jed Hardigan. And uh, he trains a few NFL players, a lot, you know, a few for the Panthers and stuff like that. But uh, I think he's, he's kind of one of the best. So to be able to have him to work with, that was just another thing our agent put us on right there, you know. So our agent kind of took care of that. Because for up to me, I'd have been training in Lafayette, man, you know, because I didn't know much else. But he put me on with a really good one. And uh, we've got a lot of good work in. So what's going to be the preparation between now and, say, up until the draft? What are you working on? What are you doing? I, I take it this is also a good time to do interviews. So how is that going? Yeah, it's going good. You know, I had pro day. I had a very late pro day just a couple weeks ago in New Orleans, and uh, which went re- really well. And then I had a workout, a local day workout with the Saints and, a, about, and a, few, a few other guys from other schools in Louisiana. That, that same Friday. So that was, what, like two weeks ago. And um, so I took last week kind of off because, uh, I, like I said, I've been training for the last three months in Charlotte. Then I came back, worked out for pro day, did that. So I took last week off, man, and now I'm just I'm getting back to it this week and start working out, throwing. And, uh, you know, when teams call, they call. Uh, I know since COVID came a couple years ago, a lot of teams are kind of going towards Zoom stuff just easier for everybody and uh so they zoom and you know some some teams i ask they'll watch watch some of your film tape from last year or the year before and ask you questions on it see how well you know it or they'll start talking to you, talking to you about their stuff their uh schemes and stuff like that see if you could pick up on it pretty well and you know i'm that's kind of one of my strong suits right there talking football talking about how i've been doing it for so long but uh so you know when that comes you gotta be ready for that but other than that man i'm just keep laying low and just working out, waiting for my time, man. Tell me a little bit about, have you had any uh, one-on-one interviews outside of the combine and outside of those all-star yeah. events with, with NFL teams? Have you gone flown out to, to meet with anybody or they've come to see you, anything uh, like that? No, with my, see, with, that, that was the thing about my late pro day. My pro day, they did all that. Most people's pro days are early to mid-March and they do all that. Uh, right after those pro days but since mine was at the beginning of april it was kind of late everybody i mean we're so close to the draft everybody's you know at, at their place do a draft meeting we had a big good turnout for our pro day we had like 20 25 teams but they, everybody's just been meeting with me through zoom nobody's called me out or anything like that clue me out wrapping up our conversation with cole kelly former turlings catholic in southeastern <laughs> Louisiana record-setting quarterback. He joins us here on RP3 and Company as he's gearing up for the NFL draft, draft, which will be occurring in just a little bit more than two weeks from right now. All right, Cole, tell me what the plans are for the draft and what are your expectations? Do you expect to hear your name called and when do you think that's going to happen? Oh, man, I guess that's the question everybody's been asking. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to be at home. I think we're going to try and have a party our little get-together from that Saturday, the last day of the draft. 
Uh, as far as me, honestly, I don't have many expectations. All I really want is to build to a good team and a good situation that would be good. That would help me. That would be good to work out for me. Because you know, I don't want to go to the league and play for a, in a bad situation for one year and then be out of it. I want to have a long career and stuff like that. So you know, whether that's getting drafted uh, mid to late rounds or going as an undrafted free agent, that's the best thing for me. Uh, that's that's what I want. But if I had to guess, you know, that's that's not really the fun answer. So if I had to guess, I, I think I, I think I will. You know, being a quarterback, it helps because teams like to draft quarterbacks so much. I think I will probably in the late rounds, but I mean, honestly, who knows? It's in God's hands at this point. What's the spread going to be like at the draft party? I got to know, man. What's going to be? What's Mama, Daddy? What, what, <laughs> what they making up? Y'all guys going to cater it? What, what's going to go down, man? Yeah, well, actually, my uh, my uh, media guy, social media guy, just he texted me. He's finding out this week that Kane's going to cater it. But uh, I know my mom, and I think my grandma is going to come back in town. She wants to, she wants to cook a little something. Oh, so I'm there it is. Allow that to happen, yeah. <laughs> See what they want to whip up, and uh, you know, we won't have a shortage of food for sure. There it is, brother. There it is, uh, Cole. Appreciate you, Tom. As always, brother. Uh, keep up the great work, man. You got here to this point because of all the hard work and dedication that you put in, and overcoming all the obstacles. Keep it up. Keep that mindset. And best of luck to you, man. Can't wait to see you have your name called during the NFL draft, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. appreciate y'all having me back. That's Cole Kelly, Turling's Catholic star quarterback, southeastern Louisiana record-setting quarterback in the FCS, Walter Payton Award winner. That's the Heisman for that level of football. He is projected to hear his name called. They say he's going to be drafted. Wish Cole nothing but the best. It's time to laugh until it hurts, but the pain will be for a great cause. Cajun Comic Relief returns this Saturday at Angel Hall. The comedy event, with its proceeds benefiting the Cajun Navy Ground Force, will feature comedians and entertainers such as Sam Jobert, Steve Shaw, and the raging Cajun John Morgan, just to name a few. KADN News anchor Jeff Horchak and your very own, that's right, Yours truly. Raymond Parts III will serve as co-MCs for the great event. Tickets only cost $30 and can be purchased right now at eventbrite.com. That's Cajun Comic Relief back after a two-year hiatus. Speaking of hiatuses, we got to take one right now. Won't be two years, though. Not to worry. It'll be brief. More RP3 and company coming up right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Do you think RP3 is the only nickname Ray has? Think again. There was Little Vainant. There was Little Foot, Little Bubba. There was LD, which stood for Little Dufo. There was Ray Dog. There was Ray Diggity Dog. There was Fish. There was Fish Face. There was RP3. There was even Ramundo from El Segundo. Back to the host with more nicknames than he knows what to do with. RP3, right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. In Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So look, if you or a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, or for any other reason, minor landscaping around the house, a nice garden, doesn't really matter. 
you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year, and there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone will come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service and to promote public safety. Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, remind you call 811 and know it's below before you dig. <clears throat> Let's check in on the poll question of the day. Who do you got tonight? Tigers, Cajuns facing off on the diamond at Alex Box Stadium across the basin. In-state bragging rights on the line, as we know. Should be a good one. Matt Diggs' team looking to build some momentum, improve that RPI ranking. LSU looking to get back on track after being swept by Arkansas over the weekend in Fayetteville. Right now, 67% of you say, go Cajuns. 33% say, go Tigers. Ooh, is that the, just the negativity of the LSU fan base coming through? Or is that the positivity of Cajun Nation? It's tough to tell. It is tough to tell. Poll question of the day. Keep voting on it. Keep leaving your comments on Facebook and Twitter as well. Once again, Cajuns, Tigers face off tonight right here on the game. First pitch, 6.30. Pre-game will begin at 6 o'clock. Astros take on the Angels on our sister station, News Talk 98.5. You can listen to that. First pitch, 7-10. We got to take a timeout. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three, we're going to talk recruiting. We're going to talk transfer portal with our guy, Jer Rozier, the recruiting analyst. He'll join us next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Take the worry out of your next pre-owned vehicle purchase when you buy from Service Chevrolet Cadillac. Choose from hundreds of high-quality... Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. number three has arrived me on my crawfish pie what a show it's been what a show it's been we talked Astros getting the dub last night with Jordan Alvarez hitting two bombs in an 8-3 win over the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim Credit Union Bowl. but on a night where they received their AL championship rings which you already know how Kevin Foote feels about this 
He thinks that's silly. I'd be willing to bet you, footsie, diehard Astro fan, team first guy, probably thinks receiving championship rings for not winning the World Series is something he probably does not support. We'll have to find out. I lean towards him not liking that. But on the night where they got their rings for winning the American League Championship last year, they win the game. Jordan Alvarez, two bombs. But Jose Altuve strains his hammy. He's going to be day-to-day. Mid-East Baseball wins an early week contest against former conference foe Sam Houston. And they'll be gearing up for a midweek game at ULM on Wednesday. Raging Cajun softball team starts off their week strong with a 15-0 win. <laughs> a game that's ended in the fi- in the fifth inning. Thankfully, it's nineteen to nothing. Thank you, thank you. I th- that did not sound right to me. Nineteen to nothing ended in the fifth inning. That begins their Midwest swing here with three games in three days at St. Louis last night, which they won nineteen to nothing. Tonight they're at Illinois. Tomorrow at Indiana, and then they'll go and play App State in conference action this weekend for a three game set. But, of course, tonight, Cajuns baseball versus LSU baseball at the box. Of course, I will be there. Kevin Foote will be there. We'll have your coverage for you, no problem. Make sure to check out 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. We'll also have a video recap up as well. And you can listen to that game live right here as well. 6.30, first pitch pregame begins at 6. If you're wanting to listen to the Astros, not a problem. Check out our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM. First pitch between Angels and Astros, 7-10. So, good show so far. We also touched on NBA playoffs this morning, and we talked with Cole Kelly, former Turlings Catholic star turned record-setting quarterback at Southeastern Louisiana. He won the Walter Payton Award. That's the FCS version of the Heisman, and he's going to be drafted. He's going to be a third-day pick, but he's going to be drafted. So it was great catching up with Cole about his process on how he's gearing up for the draft. But right now, it's time for us to talk recruiting, talk NCAA transfer portal with our guy, the recruiting analyst extraordinaire, the one and only Mr. Jarrett Rozier joins us now. Jarrett, good morning, brother. How was your Easter, my friend? That was good, man. Uh, I had a chance to get down to – New Orleans for a good Friday uh, and go to a, an annual family get together that day. And then uh, it was kind of a slower, quiet weekend uh, back up here in Baton Rouge, getting some things done around the apartment and whatnot, uh, and just kind of gearing up for, for this week and, and moving forward. Gearing up for this week, getting the apartment ready. That could mean a multitude of things. That could mean that he's going to be hosting a party, a soiree, if you will. Or maybe he's just making sure his apartment is nice for a lady friend. We don't know. We're not judging. We're not going to inquire. Okay? Just, oh, just saying. Man. Just saying. We, uh, when we were in school, when we were still at LSU, uh, Tyler Batiste and I used to laugh at the once a semester that we cleaned our apartments <laughs> was, right, was right before the big end of the semester party uh, and – we oh just yeah, kind of like la- laughed about that, but yeah, it's yeah. it's not quite the same same <laughs> dynamic at this point. I'm uh, just trying to. The more and more mobile I get, the more uh, excited I am to to tidy things back up and and make some runs to Goodwill and whatnot. Things back to normal, brother. Things back to normal, my friend. Yeah. There we go. All right, let's get right to it. Corey Kiner, second on the team last year in rushing yards, and he showed flashes. He looked good last year. 
He announces last night that he's entering the NCAA transfer portal. And then, like, less than two hours afterwards, he's already going, I'm going to Cincinnati. I'm going to go play for the Bearcats. What do you make of Corey's decision to leave the program? Yeah, you know, I think there was some level of surprise to it in the sense that he was among the most vocal LSU players in terms of his commitment to LSU throughout the coding change. He's, he's been very vocal about his, his admiration for the program from the time he was still a prep standout in Ohio uh, and, and made his commitment. He, he started sharing his excitement to get down to Baton Rouge finally uh, and really throughout the, throughout the the up and down season and then coaching change. He was someone that, that stayed really positive. Um, and I think was endearing himself to the fan base with the way he was, he was approaching things and expression expressing his commitment to LSU. And so to see him make a move and obviously the landing spot ends up back closer to home up at Cincinnati, <clears throat> I think was a little bit surprising in that regard, as well as the fact that he was, second on the team in rushing last year behind a guy who was in the NFL draft uh, next week in Ty Davis price. He's, he's a freshman that showed some really impressive flashes this past fall. And I think was one of the players that I got some texts yesterday from, from friends that said he was one of the, the players they were most excited about watching his progression uh, this fall. And I think that's, that's a stance a lot of people had uh, after seeing some of those plays last year, but, uh, so what happened, you know, Jared? I mean, I know he got banged up in spring ball for Brian Kelly, but this seems to kind of be a surprise, right? What happened? I mean, he was he had a great shot of being the number one running back at LSU, and he's deciding to transfer. I know it's back home, but so what happened? Why is he why is he leaving LSU? Yeah, I think the the tea leaves to read there are about the uh, the status and, and expectation for John Emery uh, because he's someone that as much as we talk about the excitement of, of what Corey Kiner could be this year, there's been an expectation of what John Emery could be throughout his career at LSU and hasn't quite put some things together last year, ran into the academic eligibility issue and that further stalled things. But coming into the spring, he was someone that I think was kind of, you know, uh, highlighted as, a potential breakout and really key X factor type piece this fall and everything that we've seen and everything that we've heard regarding Emory so far this spring has been really positive. Um, he, he left well, and you know, another piece of the, the kinder news that was a little bit surprising to me was it happened a couple days after Emory was, was helped out of practice uh, with an apparent injury, but uh, all indications are that that was minor and, and he'll be fine. And so I think, you start to look more and more toward John Emery as, as really the leader of that pack and, and finally having, they think the breakout season that the previous staff was waiting for. And another guy that's really excelled throughout the spring, Trey Bradford, uh, I, I thought looked as good as anyone when I was out there. And, and I've heard some positive things coming out of, out of the football ops, you know, conversations, uh, about what he can be this year. The guy that we talked about so much in the fall transferring back from Oklahoma after only being there for a couple of months. Uh, and then it's, it's a position where there is a lot of depth. Josh Williams played a big role last year. Amani Goodwin showed some flashes early before his injury had a, a huge run on Saturday and Noah Kane is still yet to arrive from Penn state. 
uh, he'll he'll be here this summer and I think is going to be a really reliable piece of that stable. And so just a, a lot of backs in that that running back room. And I think a couple of them were already starting to look like they were were taking a little bit of a lead in the rotation. LSU did pick up a couple of defensive back commitments uh, on the back half of the week. Um, are you surprised by the timing of it or anything stands out to be to you about those commitments? Yeah, I mean, shoot, when we talked last week, I was, was talking about the the amount of um, visits and, and whatnot that the staff was trying to set up and, and just get some guys to Baton Rouge. And a, a lot of players are eyeing this Saturday for the spring game. I think you're going to see a, a really big group come through. And I was anticipating this weekend really being the weekend you saw a lot of uh, a lot of those commitment announcements be made uh, on, on the heels of that spring game. But they get a couple of them early in the the two defensive backs, Michael Doherty from from Georgia and Ryan Yates from Texas. I, I still am interested to see if they could could add another. Uh, another couple of pieces to that 2023 class this weekend, but they already have started to address a, a position group of need as, as we've talked about that uh, the amount of turnover in that secondary from last year to this year. And they're, they're still looking for some immediate help there. Uh, but, you know, down the road, they're starting to, to stock the, the DBU pond a little bit with, with a couple of uh, long and versatile defensive back prospects Doherty for rivals listed as the number 11 uh, safety prospect nationally Ryan Yates the number 11 cornerback prospect but I think has a chance to to really play a, a more varied role you could see him all over the the secondary uh, by the time he's done in college but uh, two guys from high high caliber high profile programs in their respective states Doherty from Grayson uh, high in Georgia and Ryan Yates from from Geyer in Denton Texas and so they they have faced some some strong competition uh you, you see those long frames and, and fluidity in, in space uh that that you look for at a, a next level college defensive back prospect and guys that they think that uh fit well into a still evolving puzzle of what that secondary is going to look like long term we're talking with Jarrett Rozier recruiting analyst reporter he joins us here on RP3 and company all right bud let's switch over to the hardwood they got another transfer signing in NC State guard Cam Hayes. Uh, what do you make of what Coach Mack has done? What's the, been the biggest addition yet? And do you see a trend when it comes to the makeup of the men's basketball team roster? Sure, I, I think Cam Hayes is a, a big addition to get in. You know, another Power Five type guy, high major ACC. Obviously, NC State is is not coming off. Uh, one or, or a string of its better years as a program, but that, that's an ACC program and a, and a really proud traditional program. And, and Cam Hayes was a key piece of that rotation this past year. And what I've noticed is they've been very guard heavy with these early additions. They, they obviously added Kendall Coleman, the transfer from, uh, from Northwestern state, as a, a big guy in the middle to be able to be kind of a defensive anchor and, and rim protector. But other than that, you look at the, uh, the returning players that have pulled out of the transfer portal that we talked about last week, Moani Wilkinson and, and justice w Williams, the two Murray state transfers and justice Hill, Trey Hannibal, and now the NC state transfer and cam Hayes. Uh, and there's not as much, length maybe in some of these additions uh, as as there were in some of the guys that they're replacing heading out and in Eric Gaines a 6'2 
uh, long guy, Brandon Murray, 6'5", starting guard alongside Xavier Pinson, who was the little guy last year at 6'2". The three new faces are all, uh, you know, about that 6'2". Cam Hayes a little bit taller, maybe pushing 6'3", and and shorter range. But they're they're stout, they're physical. Uh, Trey Hannibal, 6'2", 220. And and so uh, they'll kind of use their strength to their advantage, uh, both getting into the lane and and creating some things that way, as well as on the defensive side. Um, And none of these guys are are great three-point shooters. Justice Hill had a – a nice season this past year at Murray state and, and shot 35%, but Trey Hannibal only attempted 13 threes last year, made four. So uh, right over 30% cam Hayes only shot 25 uh, out of a hundred. So 25%, he was the worst among their uh, rotation players, worst among players uh, from three that had attempted five or more. And so you're looking at a team that I think is going to be um, on the offensive end. You, I don't think you'll see them, fall into quite as much uh, stagnation and, and ISO balls, what we've seen and, and been frustrated with at times in recent years for LSU. I think you'll see them be really active and try and use some, some ball screens and, and get into the lane uh, a lot more of a, a slashing type team than, um, than maybe settling for three, at least thus far. But uh, having Milwani Wilkinson back is, is a nice uh, contrast to that with his 40% last year for LSU. He was, the leading three-point shooter. And so to have him back looking at some of the additions that are coming in that, that haven't been great perimeter shooters, uh, I think is big. And I look to see if they can add another another guy that can kind of stretch some things uh, as they continue to build this roster. All right, Jared, we'll get you out of here with this. Give me the 10 football prospects that you've watched film on uh, and and also you know some other kind of interesting things about them that you did the latest for uh, Prep Red Zone Louisiana. Sure. Uh, so I looked through some of the, as we had a chance to publish the all state basketball teams, uh, kind of weeded through those to see some of the top football players who really had a chance to, to showcase their all around athleticism during basketball season. Um, some guys like Marion Miller, the LSU committed wide receiver up at North Caddo was a, a two way all state all-state player um harvey broussard a guy that we've talked about uh, a few different times on the show the saint martinville standout who is uh an honorable mention this year in both sports but i think is is probably one of the best all-around athletes in terms of those two sports around the state uh he's looking like a, a really high level football prospect but a guy that uh when I first started watching him was really kind of a basketball player on grass and is, is still developing as a football player. Um, Cohen Robotham from North shore. I, I like as a 2024 prospect on the football side, but I know a lot of the basketball folks like him quite a bit. And he ended up helping lead his team to a state championship appearance for the first time in program history uh, in class five, a this winter and is getting some basketball attention um, a couple of seniors, Kylan Harris, a, a Stephen F. Austin signee from from East St. John, is is all district in both those sports and baseball, uh, and, and I think is going to be a steal for SFA when he gets to that football program. Another guy there in y'all's area, Reginald Stone, are one of the best basketball players in the state for that fantastic North Central team. I think is a, a decent football player. He's he's a senior right now and, and looking for. Uh, basketball at the next level, but was a fun high school football player to watch as well. 
uh, and a, a couple of other names worth throwing out there. Greg Manning uh, from Benton, a 2024 running back and All-State basketball player, and Warren Young Jr. from Walker High out here in Baton Rouge, uh, I think has been a well-known basketball commodity in recent years, but is going to have a, a fantastic breakout fall, I think, this year uh, on the football side. Jarrett, appreciate your time as always, brother. Enjoy the rest of your week, my friend. We'll talk to you next Tuesday, bud. You got it, man. Y'all have uh, safe travels out this way, and uh, talk to you all soon. It's Jarrett Rozier, recruiting analyst, reporter extraordinaire. My man's getting his apartment right. Got to live the right life. Got to get things in order. We all got to do that. Speaking of getting things in order, we did not have a chance to mention this yesterday, but let's give a shout-out to the LSU women's golf team, shall we? For the first time in 30 years, that's longer than you've been alive, producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names, the LSU women's golf team won the SEC Golf Tournament. That's right. SEC Golf Tournament champions for the first time in 30 years. Shout out to the LSU women's golf team for that accomplishment. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 19th, 1960. For the first time in baseball history, uniforms begin displaying players' names on their backs. The Chicago White Sox are the first to do this in the MLB by putting names on their road uniforms. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. Yeah. Uh-oh. Singing for no good reason. That's the type of show we're having today. Five names. That's the type of show we're having today. Singing for no reason. You know who's not going to be singing? Kevin Foote. Yes, his team won last night. Eight to three. Jordan Alvarez back from COVID list. Hits two bombs. Great news, right? Not for footsie. Jose Altuve, day-to-day with a hammy. Hamstring strain. You know Kevin's not going to be happy today. It's going to be a mixed bag. It's going to be a mixed bag for the footsie. We want to know, not about the Astros, though, with our poll question of the day. We want to know, who do you got tonight? Cajuns, Tigers, at Alex Box Stadium. Matt Deggs versus Jay Johnson. Battle Royale between the purple and gold and the vermilion and white. Who do you got? That's our poll question of the day. Right now, overwhelmingly, far more optimism for the Raging Cajuns. 62% of you say, go Cajuns. 38% of you say, go Tigers. Cajuns have been playing better of the last three weeks or so. Disappointing that they lost to ULM on Friday. You never want to lose one of those games. But, but, They still won the series. Tigers, meanwhile, are coming off getting swept by Arkansas. And this is a midweek contest. And those can be tricky. Those can be tricky, especially for a team like LSU. 
62% of you say you like the Cajuns tonight. 38% say you like the Tigers. Producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names. Do we have any comments on Facebook to get to for our poll question of the day? Because in the land of the Twitter, the tweets are not a plenty when it comes to our poll question of the day. Are the people more vocal, more expressive, if you will, on the book of face? <clears throat> let's see, let's see, let's see. Da, 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 da. So, after Martin's comment, Jarrett Lopez said back, You cannot be a bobcat and say roll tide. You are hereby exiled to Delcom until you can say go tiger. <laughs> As Martin comes back with free country, so roll tide in all caps. <laughs> I love I love when they get salty with each other. I love it's it. It's the best part. It's the best part. It's the best part. And then uh, Nick Gidry says, Go Tigers, with a gift that I can't exactly say which woman this is, but she's very angry. She's like screaming whenever you click the gift. Goes, um, what was that last part again? Nope. Was that was that like your uh, tiger roar? Your and lion then, uh, Blaith, roar? Blaith, Blaith, Blaith. I'm not sure exactly how to say the first name. I'm sorry. Words are hard. Last name is Painter. That's the easier one. <laughs> says Goat Cajuns with a little cayenne pepper and the UL sign, as well as Justin DeHart that has three UL signs. <laughs> Sir, what color are you? His, his hands are yellow, so he didn't change his oh, emojis. Okay. Okay. I don't know why he didn't do that. Okay. And Julie Jones says Tigers. All right. You're welcome. Great job. Thank you. <laughs> you don't think we need, Ray? What do we need? You know, she says the hips don't lie. <laughs> you know, she says the hips don't lie. I, you know, a, 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 anytime there's a chance for us to dance and uh, you involve Shakira, I am going to vote for that yes every time. Just just so you know. Just so you know. You're welcome. I went through like 12 different songs. Where I was like, mm, this is it. This is the one. And the instrumental does not do just up the song. It was terrible. <laughs> I was trying to find a way so I can have it still in our like our audio file later, and I can't because You're like, instrumental is just terrible. Terrible. It's like, what is this? This is terrible. not a song. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Even the covers were not great. I was like, all right, just go I'm with the done. original. Just go with the yeah. original. Yeah. We don't want watered down Shakira. Right. We don't want imitation Shakira. We want That's the real very thing. Yep. There we go. Okay. There we go. Gotta bring out my Mexican. Isn't oh. she Colombian? Yeah, but I'm Mexican. Well, that, that's true, but that's not from the same country. I know. I'm saying she brings out my Mexican. <laughs> I didn't say she brings out her Colombian. I said she brings out my Mexican. We got to say. Oh, we got to take a time out. Keep voting on the poll question of the day. When we return here on RP3 and Company. We're going to talk Pelicans. Game two of their Western Conference playoff series against the Phoenix Suns is tonight. It's the nightcap of the triple action of triple header of action, so to speak. Ali Cassell from the Bird Rights will join us to break it all down and also share his thoughts on the NBA playoffs. That'll be next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There are some hosts that talk like they know everything, but you don't have to worry about our guy, RP3. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. That's because he never knows what he's talking about. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. 
back to the show in the know. RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Look, don't go through another summer with that awful joint pain. Call QC Kinetics right now. Look, it's Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. And that pain in your back, your knees, your shoulder that you've been kind of hiding has been kind of, I don't know, impacting how you celebrate your summer, how you enjoy your time off. It can now be treated with the latest in precision medicine using natural biologics. Growth factors that can actually restore and repair damaged tissue. It's really exciting stuff. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, giving you access right here to this modern-day joint pain solution. You can get lasting joint pain relief with no drugs, no steroids, no downtime, and no surgery. You've heard Emmett Smith raving about QC Kinetics. You've read or seen other high-profile people talking about it. Regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can help you get your life back. Take action right now. Get a free consultation. Powerful, effective joint pain treatments with natural biologics are here. Call QC Kinetics right now, 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. But right now, it's time for us to talk NBA playoffs. It's time for us to talk to New Orleans Pelicans because they're in the playoffs as the eight seed. They played a night against the Phoenix Suns out in the desert and we're going to do so with one of our favorite people in the world mr positivity himself dog lover and just lover of people in general the one and only mr ollie cassell of the bird rights joins us now ollie good morning to you brother how are you my friend good morning raymond last time i talked to you what the pelicans still had a couple playing games and look where they are now so yes everybody should be positive huh there it is mr positive you made this happen brother you willed it you know, okay, I'll take a little credit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go back to the play-in tournament. They looked so good in both of those games. What stood out to you about their wins over the Spurs and over the Clippers? Uh, there's a couple of things. The consistency from C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram playing like stars, but also the bench, which had been playing better to close out the regular season over what maybe the last two, three months. Larry Nance, Trey Murphy, they really become massively important to uh, what Willie Green's strategy should be, right? Trey Murphy can hit a three. He has been since he re-entered the rotation. And look, those four threes against the Clippers, wow. For a rookie to do that, Raymond, just wow. And then Larry Nance, teams are going to play small ball. He's shown he's up to the task, right? So I love the fact that the Pelicans really seem like they're seven, eight solidly deep right now even in this phoenix sun series just got to get everybody on the same page and get some players that aren't playing well playing well or you got to maybe remove them from the rotation so they looked good in the two play-in games they punched their ticket after such a great you know such a a, a great awful start right i mean the how bad the start was was great in a, in a weird way yet they're able to overcome that overcome not having zion here they are are you concerned at all that 
all the energy that it took to get into the playoffs, they got nothing left in the tank to take down, which is, who is arguably the best team in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns. Definitely not. But to go to your first point real quick, I hope people realize this. What the Pelicans accomplished is massive. They're just one of four teams to start that poorly in NBA history and still make the playoffs. So that that's as uncommon as it gets. So that speaks, like I said, that's a great achievement. And that's a stamp that they should carry from this season. But as for energy, I think we got our answer in uh, uh, the first game's second half, right? Where the Pelicans got beaten to death in that first half, didn't have any answers, barely got over 30 points, and then they came out and got 65 and came within six points, right, of Phoenix's lead while they're shooting, what, 33 35% for the game. So I don't think there's any doubt they're not they're not going to quit. There's not going to be the energy there in the reserves, their tanks. I mean, this is the first time that 11 of them are in the playoffs. There's no way you can't tell me that you're going to be able to get yourself up, your body up for that. Let's talk about game one. they were right there with Phoenix third quarter happened and you're thinking, okay, but then Chris Paul took over in the fourth. What was the difference? Was it just Chris Paul's performance? I think honestly it was because Mikael Bridges and Jay Crowder didn't make a three. DeAndre Ayton really wasn't eating, right? He, He wasn't in a good rhythm offensively. So outside of Devin Booker, who was hot early, um, it was all Chris Paul. And if he didn't go on that stretch, it's very conceivable that game would have been tied within a matter of a minute or two because both teams didn't miss, I feel like, a shot for the first three, four minutes of that fourth quarter. But Chris, you know, was Chris one of the best players we've honestly ever seen, especially at that position at point guard. And when he saw that the Pelicans weren't playing him tough, right, they were going underneath screens, well, he made his first shot, and then he just kept on going. And then he just didn't like seeing him, what, being guarded by Devontae Graham, there's some other things that hopefully the Pelicans would do well. But, yeah, we've seen this, right? Before Raymond out of Chris, when the, his team needs him, he'll flip on a switch, and he usually comes through. Who needs to step up and play better for them to, say, t- uh, take game two tonight and even this series at one apiece? Everybody. Brandon. <laughs> I mean, honestly. I wasn't I wasn't expecting that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll, yeah, okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah, but I mean, ahead. all the stars. I mean, look, Jonas Valanciunas looked like he was rushing shots, even though he was incredible on the boards, right? Getting 25 of them, what, 12 of them were offensive rebounds. He was just rushing those putbacks when he should have been using his strength, composure, vast experience he's got on, you know, overcoming DeAndre and shot blocking ability. CJ McCollum, we, we learned later he was sick, but still he took a lot of, um, let's say, difficult shots, but Granted, he was being guarded by one of the best defenders in Bridges, but he's got to get himself going. Brandon, same thing. You can't have all three of your stars seemingly shoot well under 40% combined. You're not going to win any games that way. And then with the role players, Jackson's got to make an impact. He's the one that I've circled the most like five times over because he hasn't been playing well for a while, right, Raymond? He's been very inconsistent for last month maybe. He'll have some good games, but he's not making an impact. And I don't need him to score every time. I need him to go fly in and grab some offensive rebounds, make a play defensively, do something. If you're not, then there's no reason you should be out there on the court. Herb, he's still playing good defense. His offense has kind of gone missing in action. They need at least something from him. So, like I said, you go up and down this roster, really. Outside of Larry Nance right now and Trey Murphy for me, they could all play better. 
Okay, what's going to be the key besides playing better? What's going to be the key in tonight's game, the nightcap of the NBA playoff action in game two? What's going to be the key to get the Pels over the top besides everyone just playing better? Yeah, so I feel like the offense figured out a lot of things in that second half, right? We saw them score 65 points. They started playing with pace, and they learned that, hey, we're going to start offense within the the, uh, basket closer, right? Not be so spread on the perimeter where the Suns can cover us and double-team us at every turn. Defensively is where it's going to have to happen, Raymond, and they've got to slow down one of Chris Paul or Devin Booker. And I hope to see... Willie Green changes uh, rotations in terms of assignments. Herb Jones started on Chris Paul, Brandon Ingram on Devin Booker. Devin immediately started cooking. Brandon, you, you love that he took on the task, but he's simply not that defender, at least yet in his, in his career, where he's going to slow somebody down, right, at least significantly. And as for Herb Jones, there's no doubt that he probably pesters Chris Paul a little bit. But let's face it, if Chris sees that the Pelicans' best defender's on him, he's probably smiling inside. Because what he's going to do is not look for his shot as much, but make sure that the offense gets within a good flow and he's going to be a facilitator still uh, a lot of times. So I just think that's almost a waste of Herb's you know, talents. And a lot of people disagree, but look, this is the playoffs. you got to take something away from Phoenix. And you know that Herb Jones can make it difficult for Devin Booker. We saw that in the Pelicans win uh, coming out of the All-Star break. So you think that's the key is making sure Herb plays lockdown defense and frustrates Devin Booker in tonight's game you think that's going to give the pelicans the best chance to pull out the win yeah because the pelicans still handled their own on the glass everybody else's assignments you you know they it was understood and nobody else really beat you so make them beat you with their role players similar to what they're doing to us right they're mate jackson and herb jones beat you because they're ganging up all five guys on r3 cj bi and Jonas. Talking with Ali Cassell, he's the editor-in-chief of The Bird Rights. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, bud, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's look at the rest of the NBA playoff picture. What has surprised you so far through the first couple of games of these opening round series? There hasn't been too many surprises, right? You knew that Phoenix was going to be too much for Toronto. Um, <clears throat> was it Miami crushing Atlanta? I'm not surprised. Miami finished first um, in the conference maybe you know it's hard to say that the jazz have been surprising in winning that first game but they did lose yesterday the mavericks even though the mavericks haven't had luca warriors you know you just felt like they were going to come together with steph curry um and jordan though jordan's been a revelation though a little bit right i mean oh he's been fantastic but you know he's been playing a lot like this through the regular season where he's gained that confidence and now yeah he's he's on cloud nine I don't think he'll sustain it, right, playing like Clay Thompson and Steph. But, look, out of everything, it's hard to pick any surprises for me. It, it seems like everything's going according to, you know, script. So everything's going to script. Are you – is there a series or two besides the Pelicans that you're intrigued by that you could say, hey, this one could go six, go seven. We could have maybe a mild upset here. Is there any other series like that that you're looking forward to? Oh, yeah. Could it be Memphis, I mean, Minnesota? That's one. The other one is Brooklyn and uh, Boston. Oh, yeah. But yeah, going to Memphis and Minnesota, there's two superstars playing, right, on each side. Anthony Edwards is that guy. And he's also got Carl Anthony Towns and Jamsville Russell. And they've got some other scores, right? They were the top-scoring team in the league. So that alone is going to give Memphis some uh, trouble. And if John Moran and the rest of his guys aren't really on point, where they're scoring about 120, 
they're going to find some difficulty in winning those games as we saw, right? And then, boy, that was such a clash. I love that game. I watched it from start to finish in the Nets-Celtics uh, game one. Looked like Boston kind of had things, you know, under control. Then Brooklyn made that second half run to where you thought Boston's going to lose. They were in trouble. They were trailing late in that game. And then they finished it off. Came, came up with a couple plays and Tatum scored last second. So I, I'm going to be watching every minute of that series. Are you surprised how well Philly is playing against Toronto? I mean, the narrative was the Raptors are well coached. They're scrappy. They have the veteran experience. But I've argued in the NBA, talent outweighs that, especially when it comes to the playoffs. Your talent, if you have the more talented players, nine times out of ten you're going to win. Is the the Philadelphia 76ers showing that in the first two games? Absolutely, Raymond. I, I've, I've, you know, I had highlighted Philly as one of my two favorites to make it to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals because they've got Joel and being James Harden. If James Harden plays anywhere like he did in Houston, I can't see Philly losing because Joel Embiid is playing like the best player in the league right now. All right, bud. Give me one game tonight, but that's not the Pelicans, that you're kind of keeping an eye for that you're really going to pay attention to that everyone should be paying attention to? Oh, without doubt, it's the Timberwolves and Grizzlies, right? You think the Heat are probably going to sweep the Hawks if the yeah. Hawks win one? Well, it'll be kind of, you know, whatever. We, we gave you one. No, it's <laughs> definitely the Wolves and the Grizzlies. Because, I, as I mentioned, there's so many stars in that in that game. And Memphis, you know, for them to win, honestly, their defense is going to have to shine. And we didn't see that at all in game one. And they've got to take this this next game right you don't want to go to minnesota trailing 0-2 so you know they're going to come out like gangbusters all right bud get you out of here with this i know you probably feel that phoenix will win the series against new orleans how many games is it going to be in this series oh i would have thought maybe six believe it or not but the Pelicans, I feel like, wasted a golden opportunity to take game one. Phoenix had not played in seven days, and I understand they came in amped and focused, but we also saw them not be particularly sharp to where Chris Paul kind of had to save the day for them in the second half. So now I'm thinking it'll probably could just go five. There's still a chance the Pels could take two, though. I mean, we, we saw them not back down. They've got three guys that can score 20-plus points, and they've got some good role players playing well right now. Ollie, appreciate your time as always, brother. Enjoy your week. Tell the people really quick where they can follow you on social media and where to go to get all your great uh, content. Yeah, thank you, Raymond. You can go over to SB Nations, all one word, www.thebirdrights.com, where you'll find our previews, which I'm going to put one up soon for today's game. Uh, recaps, anything else you need to know that's pertinent, which, of course, right now we're focused on the playoffs, right? First round. And then uh, give you all the analysis that you need to know from it. Bud, enjoy your week. Stay safe out there. And you keep me and Mr. Positivity. You and your pup, keep sending out those positive vibes to the Pelicans, to the city of New Orleans, to the state of Louisiana, hell, to the entire Gulf Coast. I will do my best, Raymond. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to you next week, bud. All right, buddy. We got to take a timeout. We'll finalize the poll question of the day. We'll get you set up for Kevin Foot and Footnotes. That's all coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
Houston Astros weekend giveaways. Oh, they're back. First one for this season is going to occur for May 21st when the Rangers travel south to take on the Houston Astros there at Minute Maid Ballpark. And the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to take you out to the ball game with our Astros weekend getaway. Simply register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday night. That's right, four tickets, tour the ballpark, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Rangers, Astros, May 21st at Minute Maid Ballpark. Astros Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Marie in Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. But you can only win them by going to become a member of our clubhouse. So go sign up today. It's free to do so. I want to take a moment to thank all of our guests. Cole Kelly, former Turlings Catholic star in southeastern Louisiana, record-setting quarterback as he prepares for the NFL draft. Jarrett Rozier, recruiting analyst and reporter giving us the latest updates with LSU and the transfer portal and area prospects. And, of course, Ali Cassell, editor-in-chief of the Bird Rights, previewing tonight's Pelican Suns Game 2 of their Western Conference playoff series and also touched on some other things about the NBA. Reminder, Raging Cajuns, LSU Tigers, baseball at the box. You can listen to it live right here on the game, 6.30 first pitch pregame begins at 6 o'clock. That led us to our poll question of the day today. Who do you got tonight? 61% of you say go Cajuns. 39% say go Tigers. Thanks for all who voted on the poll question of the day. Also, while we're broadcasting LSU baseball tonight on the game, you can listen to Houston Astros take on the Los Angeles Angels over on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM. First pitch, 7-10 from Minute Maid Ballpark. Woo! What a great Tuesday edition of RP3 and Company. Shout out, big thanks to the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, for helping making it happen. Shakira, hips don't lie. Absolutely. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foote and Footnotes is up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.